Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamps, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 272 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. This is the final podcast of 2020. It's been a crazy year. Um, there's been some crazy guests on this this year as well. It's been um, quite a big year, actually, for the podcast. Obviously, last week's guest, the Christmas special guest, was Nigel Ben. I've had some fantastic feedback on that, so thank you for that. And this is the final podcast of the year. Um, it's going out on Thursday the the you know the 31st of December so obviously New Year's Eve I doubt anyone's actually going to listen to it until the new year but this is the you know the the end of year special if you like episode 272 we're going to go over the KO of the year uh, the the fighter of the year fight of the year uh, lots and lots of things the the awards the 2020 awards we're going to discuss the ones that you have kindly sent in for myself and Eddie to sink our teeth into but with no further ado um, I must welcome my co-host who's been with me through the thick and thin of all these podcasts uh, pretty much since the you know the first lockdown um, earlier on in the year it is of course the former heavyweight world title challenger himself Mr Fast Eddie Chambers Eddie thanks for coming on once again how are you man no problem. I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? All good, my friend. Always good when speaking with you. Um, yeah, so we're going to dive into things here. We're going to start with the review part. There was actually a card to review. I missed it, um, but I'm going to read the result out. It took place at the Shrine Exposition Center in Los Angeles, California. Friend of the show, um, Alontes Fox. He's now 27-2 and two with a draw. A unanimous decision for him over 10 rounds against Mark Anthony Hernandez, who's now 14-4 and four with a draw. We will be speaking to Alontes Fox later on in the show. He will be the sole guest. I'm looking forward to that. Also on that card, by the way, James Kirkland. Uh, it, was, it was shocking, actually. He stepped in there. His record 34-2. and two. He was down three times in the first round against Juan Macias Montiel, who is now 22 and 4 with two draws. He's not actually a fantastic opponent, to be honest with you, um, Juan uh, Macias Montiel. But yeah, he stopped James Kirkland there. He looked absolutely um, deprived of any remaining punch. What's the word I'm looking for? Punch um, resistance. Um, yeah, James Kirkland, he just doesn't have it. So that was the one thing to review. I'm going to quickly go to the to the uh, the piece to preview which of course takes place in a couple of days time um at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, USA, Ryan Garcia, 20-0, the undefeated high-flying lightweight. He takes on Luke Campbell, the former gold medalist from the 2012 Olympics, um a guy who is way more experienced than uh, than Ryan Garcia. Luke Campbell, obviously, in his three losses, they came to Yvonne Mendy, in which he, def- he um, you know, he came back and avenged that loss. 
And then he lost a very close fight, a very close fight to Linares on the road. I think that one took place in Compton or something strange like that. Um, some somewhere really strange um, in 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 the states. And then um, no, in fact, it wasn't Compton. It was somewhere. Oh God, it's going to drive me insane. I'm going to check it now. I hate to do this, but can't remember everything all the time. Um, it was in like a place what me being from the UK assume as the hood. <laughs> uh, and I'm not talking about parts of North Philly. Uh, Inglewood. Inglewood. Is that the hood? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I imagine so. It's like a, it's like a, from what I, from what I heard, it's like a, like, I don't say, I want to say a sub, a suburb to oh. like Los Angeles or close by, I guess, like a, you know, somewhat on the outskirts of it a little bit. So, kind of like if you're in like Philly and you're in, um, what point I'm trying to, I can't even think like you're in Lansdowne area or, or Upper Darby or uh, it's a place you have no clue about, but <laughs> or Drexel Hill. They're like suburbs of, uh, you know, the nicer areas, let's say, of Philly. I'm not sure if Inglewood, California would be qualified as that. That might still be tough. I don't know. I've never been there. But I'm thinking that that's what it is. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, um, Luke Campbell lost a very close one to Linares there. And then, of course, his other loss came oh. to, uh, to to Vasily Lomachenko. So he's never been stopped. He's been down a couple of times, but... It's a very intriguing fight because we're led to believe that Ryan Garcia is the best thing since sliced bread. And he hasn't really had the opponents to show that just yet. I understand he's turned into a bit of a star. He's he's definitely a social media star. He's got a huge following. And he's been carefully maneuvered. And this this fight here is it's an interesting one for all those reasons. Um, and we will see if he's really... Um, you know, capable of big things. I think Luke Campbell will provide the answers, actually. I think if he was to stop Luke Campbell, which a lot of uh, trainers that I've seen on Twitter and stuff like that, they're, they're predicting that. A lot of trainers from the US, they think he's going to wipe the floor with Luke Campbell. If he does do that, it'll be highly impressive. But, um, yeah, you know, we've seen fights like these, Eddie, in the past. I'm sure you've seen many, many of them. Not with a guy who's as big of a star of, uh, as um, Ryan Garcia, but you've seen a guy with a pa- not a padded record. He's he's beaten some, you know, some decent guys, but no one who no world beaters or anything like that. You know, he's got to twenty and zero now. Hasn't really boxed. If, if I was to ask you how many guys do you know who he's boxed, you probably couldn't name two. Neither could I. And um, yeah. You know, he's he's got himself to 20-0, and 0, a bunch of knockouts. He's looking fantastic, but here he's in with a very seasoned guy. Not to say that Garcia wasn't in the amateurs, because he, he had quite a deep amateur career, but he never went to the Olympics. He certainly didn't win a medal. He certainly didn't win a gold medal, and he hasn't been in there with anyone like Lomachenko or Linares or a few of the other guys that Luke has been in with. Right, right, I agree. And, you know, it's all about opposition. You know what I'm saying? You can have the glossiest, nicest, most beautiful looking record, the most beautiful everything, beautiful everything, boxing style and all of that. It won't matter for shit once you step into somebody who actually got game. And that's the thing about uh, this fight. I actually think that Ryan Garcia has what it takes, you know, the capabilities of doing things in the ring that could say maybe stop a guy like Luke Campbell. Maybe. But we haven't seen him in there with another guy or anyone that kind of replicates that kind of challenge for him. You know what I mean? The guys are the guys even in the ring with no disrespect to those guys, but they weren't to the level of what a Luke Campbell is. 
So them stepping up to this this level here really shows how the belief that his team has in him. You know what I mean? And they really they must be seeing a lot of good things in sparring, and maybe he's training with some guys that are high level, and he's doing really well with them. But you don't want to then. I, there's been a time where I've seen something like not like this. It wasn't quite like this. I mean, obviously Ryan Garcia is known all over, but there was a guy by the name of uh, his name was Ralph Tiger Jones. He was from Pittsburgh, PA, right? And he fought on his record, maybe I don't know. He was like 30 and 0 or something like that at the time. And he fought. I'm talking about guys with losing records. I mean, his combined win for like the combined win percentage of his, his opponents was like. 25 percent and that may be generous so it's like i mean they're they're horrible he fought guys literally out the bar so they had uh you know an idea of saying oh okay hey he's doing well he's good we feel like he could be the, one of the best let's put him in there with ike corte i don't know if you remember you remember ike yeah, corte course, don't you yeah, yeah. he had a jab that was like a right hand he got in there with ike corte and then last two rounds so it's all about your opposition if you're beating everybody and you're beating everybody who's legit, then yeah, you can be real great. You can be, oh man, he's going to be the next one. But if you're beating guys who quite frankly, aren't even worth talking about, then you know what I mean? It's the, don't come talk to me until you decide to step up your, step up your game and fight somebody who's really worth, who can really put you on your behind or at least beat you. You know what I mean? And I think in this situation, he's doing that with Luke Campbell. So at least we're going to get an idea to really see what he has in front of and have, having a legit guy in front of him. So I'm looking forward to it. I think he has what it takes, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have to see. And another fantastic thing for UK fans. It's actually, I believe the event, the, the main event, I'm sure it's the main event kicks off at about 11 PM UK time. I think it is. It's either that or the card starts at that time, which means it's it's quite early over there in the States. Um, you'd have to double-check that, but it's not going to be one of those those nights where you've got to stay up till 3 or 4 or 5 a.m. to get the main event. So UK um, fans, I'm sure, will be happy with that. On the under- Oh, by the way, it's for the interim WBC lightweight world title. Uh, all the best to Luke Campbell. He's been on the show uh, once before. I think it was last Christmas kind of time. Um, so yeah, all the best to him. Also on the undercard, we have Rene Alvarado, 32-8. and eight. Uh, He defends his WBA Super Featherweight World title against Roger Gutierrez, who's 24-3 and three with a draw. We've also got Felix Alvarado, 35-2, um, and two, defending his IBF Light Flyweight World title against DJ Creel, who's 16-1 and one with a draw. Um, anyway, that's it for the review and preview parts. Um... We're going to go on to the the award, uh, the award stuff in in a very very short while. I just want to quickly come in now with the news. Um, we've got some bad news because January the thirtieth is shaping up to be a great night of boxing all over the all over the world. But one card that was set to take place in Russia has fallen through, and it's the second or third time this this fight has been pushed back now. Artur Baturbiev is out of his world title showdown with COVID-19. He was set to take on Adam Danes. Uh, the problem is that it was supposed to take place, I believe, in about October of... of um, of 2020 i don't know if i want to say this year because it might confuse some people that don't listen to the pod till a couple of days after it's out but um he was supposed to fight in october against adam danes and i think he had to pull out with some kind of muscle injury 
So, um, yeah, I feel for both guys in that one. But moving on to the awards now, and this is this is something I've been looking forward to. We're going to start here. I'm going to I'm going to uh, let you choose where we start, Eddie. Shall we start with um, Fighter of the Year, KO of the Year, Fight of the Year, Prospect of the Year, British Fighter of the Year, Upset of the Year, or Young Fighter Under Twenty Five of the Year? Hmm. You got let's start where everybody let's 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 start where everybody pretty much would love to want to start and because you know this is the biggest part of boxing in most people's mind and you know i think skill is you know the biggest part and most important part most people want to see the big power so let's just start with knockout points, okay 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 starting with knockouts so i've had a few sent in and i've of course got my own list which we will go through um, these were oh quite a few sent in here from trainer John Tandy, a good friend of the show. Um, he sent in quite a few actually, which I'm really pleased with. He says Alexander Povetkin versus Dillian White. Um, obviously that's on everyone's list. He says Javante Davis versus Leo Santa Cruz. Um, he says Naoya Inoue against Jason Maloney. Uh, Roman Gonzalez against Cal Yafai and. Charles Martin against Gerald Washington. I don't remember that being a KO. Yeah, he did. He he, he stopped him. Mm. But I I I would. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Charles Martin. I had him. Gerald on the show. I think the week of that fight. Anyway, go on. Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe he did. Oh yeah, no, he stopped. Him. Okay. He's he's he stopped him. But it it, it was it, it was a pretty decent knockout. But I don't know if it was. Uh, maybe I guess it's just like one of those things where. You know, it's real heavy at the top, real good at the top. But then as you start to dwindle down the list, you don't really, I guess you can't really think of many more. So that probably was one of the ones that stuck out, even though it wasn't that live. Even though I think the lockout was pretty good because he was catching with some heavy shots. He wasn't, was he, he wasn't down and out though, was he? I don't know if he was down and out or if the ref just stepped in and just waved it off. He went down a few times. Yeah, okay. I can't remember that fight too clearly, but anyway, thanks for those, John. And um, that's uh, you've sent in about six there, five or six. So I'm really pleased with that. Uh, this one's from Ricey Sufc, one of our uh, most loyalist listeners out there. Um, he says Povetkin against White, obviously a very popular one. Um, this one was sent in from Tuba TJ. Um, he says Povetkin over White, perfect punch. This one was sent in from Rachel Two Lives on Twitter. She says. Tank's KO of 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 um, Santa Cruz had me repeatedly going, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> uh, this one comes in from Luigi Pelosi, another guy that that um, listens to the show a lot. And Luigi, by the way, um, I I don't want to say I did the Nigel Ben interview entirely for you, but I know that you're a big Nigel Ben fan, or at least I thought you were. So um, I had you in mind when I was doing that interview, my friend, and I had to keep it quiet. But anyway, he says, Joey, fighter of the year. Oh, no, we're not onto that yet. KO of the year, Javante Davis against Leo mm-hmm. Santa Cruz. Yeah, so uh, they're, they're the KOs that have been sent in, and I've got my own little list. Um, Alida Alvarez against Michael Seals. It was a brutal knockout. Yeah. Um, We've got Baranchik against Zapida. I don't know if you've seen that fight, Eddie, but definitely. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Oh, man. I don't think I've seen okay. that. Okay. And um, Povetkin versus White. But my winner, yep. my winner that stands above 
um, is Javante Davis against Santa Cruz. Um, I still yeah, don't know what nice. Santa Cruz thought he was doing, standing right in front of him, squared up on the ropes, and he tried the same kind of slow, pouring right hand three times in a row. And obviously, Tank, um, I think he got hit with the first one, blocked the second one, and then countered the third one. Good night. And it was a perfectly timed shot. And, um, yeah, it was one of those those shots where you're like, whoa, is he is he alive? It was just, it was brutal, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. Like, it was, it was, and, and you know what, it was, there was a lot of skill involved, and that's why it was. That's why it turned out to be as as brutal as it was, because think of a guy who's a southpaw, who stepped over to his left in an orthodox stance to throw the strong hand as an uppercut. You understand what I'm saying? It just sounds like when you, when you say it out loud, it's like, damn, that's a lot. You know what I mean? Going from your orthodox, I mean your your comfortable position, which is a southpaw, step into another position, into another stance, bend toward you know, toward that knee, rip a uppercut right under the elbow, right up to the chin. It's like, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's a lot going on with that, but I mean, it, and, and like I said, the skill aspect of it, it's almost like, it's almost similar to like how the Povek and white thing was. Oh, he didn't switch stances, but it was like, it was just perfect right up under the elbow, right up under the right hand that he threw the lazy right hand and ripped, right up to the middle, which is like, it's perfect. Like, it's funny how they both threw the same shot and got the knockout. It's just one guy was actually orthodox, the other one was southpaw. I didn't even think about that before, but now I just made me realize, like, damn, it was the exact same thing on both on both accounts. Wow. Yeah, no, it was it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and, and, yeah, the best KO of the year, I, I think, definitely. Um, anyway, moving on now, I want to go to the fight of the year. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to start here with, this one was again from Luigi Pelosi. He says, fight of the year, Baranchik Zapita. Um, Rachel Two Live, she says, haven't seen the Baranchik Zapita fight yet. So I'm going to go for Dubois versus Joe Joyce. It wasn't an absolute thriller, but the importance of the fight in world terms and the seesaw nature of the battle had me on the edge of my seat throughout. Tuba TJ says, Lomachenko vs. Lopez. Amazing that the fight got made. Amazing that it wasn't pay-per-view, at least in the US. Um, it wasn't It wasn't okay. pay-per-view over here either. I don't, no, it wasn't. It was on... Uh, I'm sure it was on normal TV. Anyway, uh, both champions left believing they had done enough to win. I would have preferred a Lomachenko win, but glad they made it during the pandemic. Interesting there. Yeah. I wonder why he wanted Lomachenko to win. Um, anyway, Zapita versus... Was, that, was, he, Go on. was he saying that he thought Lomachenko won, or was he saying that he would have He said he would just have rather preferred seen him. a Lomachenko win, so I'm not sure. Oh. Um, Ricey, he says, Zapida versus Baranchik. John Tandy sends in another barrage of, of fights here. Uh, we're going to go over these. Um, Terry Harper versus Natasha Jonas. Okay, a female fight. It was a great one. Very, very close fight. Jamal Charlo versus Sergei Derevianchenko. I like that one. I really like that one. That's one that didn't, you know, didn't spring to mind. Sorry, Eddie, go on. No, you know, I didn't even see that one. And I, was, and I missed... You know what? Because I've seen... The uh, younger Charlo fight, obviously, fight, fight Banana. Yeah. And I missed that one. And I didn't realize it was that good of a fight, to be honest. I didn't even think about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, Sam Eggington versus Ted Cheeseman. That's that's um, one of the best fights of the year for sure. Um, again, Zapida versus Baranchik and uh, Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury too. I know that Eddie certainly enjoyed watching that one um, as we all Definitely. did. As we Definitely. all did. But um, <laughs> the fight itself, the fight itself was good, but it was one sided. Yeah. And again, my fights of the year, I've, I've just listed three, um, and they've all been mentioned. So our listeners, in my opinion, really know their stuff. Um, they've, well, I've said, um, Eggington Cheeseman, that was definitely a good one. Um, again, a really close fight that could have gone either way. Um, Fury Wilder 2, just the way Tyson dealt with Deontay and just, you know, he turned into a wrecking ball. We've never really seen him do that with, with anyone, let alone a guy of the... Uh, yeah the danger of Wilder, and then yeah. pretty much everyone said the same answer here. Baranchik Zapida, um, Eddie, it's, um, it's a fight that I watched and just couldn't believe, and I I need you to watch that fight at some point in, in the next few days or whatever, because huh, it's just... You know, one guy knocks another guy down, he's completely out on his feet, then he knocks the other guy down, then that guy's out on his feet, then he gets back up and knocks the other guy down. It was unbelievable. And then it ends with a brutal knockout to finish it. But I think there was about five or six knockdowns. It was unbelievable. You gotta you gotta send me the, yeah, definitely. the reminder because I because I because a lot of times I'll be sitting around, sometimes working, and I've like, you know, I'll just be a break, I'll be on a break or something. And I'll be watching different stuff, like I'll be eating. And I'll be like, and then I'm like, what could I be watching right now that would take my mind into, you know? And that's obviously something that I could be watching. Like I seen, like, because that's exactly what happened when I watched the, um, I didn't watch the whole thing, but uh, Joe Joyce and Daniel Dubois. That's that's exactly what happened. So I basically watched the majority of that, and I didn't see, I didn't see the ending. I didn't see, you know, past like I think the seventh or eighth round. So. Um, but yeah, this time I will be watching that entire fight, obviously. Yeah. And you will thank me afterwards because it's fantastic. Moving on now to fighter. In fact, no, we're going to go to, we're going to go to British fighter of the year. Now, what I didn't really specify is the fact that when I'm talking about British fighter of the year, I kind of mean, um, you know, guys that are not at the very top of the sport. So what I'm saying here is Tyson Fury, you'd say, could be the best British fighter of the year, but because he's, you know, the best heavyweight in the world, he kind of surpasses that, that, um, if you know what I'm saying, just like Tiafimo Lopez could be the young fighter of the year, but because he's, he's too good to be in that, he's, he's in his own kind of thing, you know? So that's what I'm getting at here. But some people obviously didn't understand that. I didn't, make it clear so i apologize for that but john tandy sends in tyson fury anthony joshua um i don't think he's put this in any kind of order josh taylor james tennyson connor ben um do you know what john i'm gonna i'm gonna pick at that list a little bit if you don't mind tyson fury fantastic win obviously unbelievable i completely understand why you'd say that uh anthony joshua i mean uh, you know, I'm not hating. He he took him out with a good shot, but I completely predicted the way the fight would go. I I wasn't blown away by anything he did. Um, you know, it was okay. He obviously had the one fight in 2020. Josh Taylor, that fight against um, that guy that he hit with the body shot, and the guy was you know in in all sorts of pain. Um, Apinun Kong Song, the undefeated guy from well from 
a magician's hat to be honest no one knew who he was um i didn't i couldn't say that was you know that he was one of the best british fighters um of the year connor ben i like um well firstly i like the ben family right now from last week's uh, <laughs> last week's interview with nigel but connor ben he only had the one fight this year and he looked really good against that guy that went the distance with sean porter um whose name has currently evaded me but um you know, he only had the one fight. It was a good win. I c- you know, that's more... This is kind of what I'm getting at here. British Fighter of the Year. These are the kind of guys I'm looking at to win that award. And James Tennyson. I think that that's the probably best... That's the the best answer I'm really looking for um, out of the bunch. James Tennyson has had a good 2020. I think he's had um, two wins maybe this year, I believe. Um off the top of my head, could be wrong, might have just been one, but I like what he's doing, that's the kind of level I'm searching for here, British kind of level, maybe a little bit up, but not like the world rulers, like Josh Taylor, it doesn't matter what he does, he can't be, in my opinion, um, you know, it's for, the, it's for the guys that don't really get a mention this award, um, moving over now, Ricey, not the greatest year for British fighters, but I think Fury's emphatic performance against Wilder makes him worth the British fighter of the year, uh, nomination absolutely uh, Rachel two lives Tyson Fury for shocking the world with the most aggressive performance of his career to put himself right at the top of the boxing tree so yeah I'm going to go over to what I thought here and in a few days I'm going to um, I'm going to like announce on Twitter who number one two and three are I'm going to I know who number one is for all these awards like I say best KO of the year Javante Davis best um, fight of the year Baranchik Zapeda the best British fighter of the year for me, I will say, but number two and number three, I'm still kind of I'm gonna. It's gonna take me a couple of days to to think. But here are my nominations anyway. I've got four guys. Um, Jazza Dickens, two wins this year for him, both on points in the Golden Contract Tournament, and for me, he was the underdog in both of those fights. A win, of course, over Lee Wood, and then a win over Ryan Walsh. Um, again, both upset wins for me, and then he wins the Golden Contract Tournament. He's uh, he's had such a turnaround. I wouldn't say he's massively improved, but he's finally getting a bit of luck. So I like his year. He's had a great year, Jezza Dickens. No one mentioned him as well, but I can understand why, because a lot of people said Tyson Fury. They didn't think of anyone else, and I can understand that, because I didn't make it too clear, the criteria. Uh, Maxi Hughes, another one. Um, you know, he beat John O'Carroll, who for me is a world-level fighter, and it was a huge upset. His only loss, of course, uh, John O'Carroll was to Tevin Farmer in a, in a world title fight. Maxi Hughes upset him. Then he went out to Dubai and uh, and beat on points the undefeated Viktor Kotodjigov, who is still kind of yet to prove himself in the pro ranks, but um, he was upset. So Maxi Hughes caused two upsets um, in, in, in fights where he was a huge underdog. So that's a brilliant um, British fighter of the year. Uh, Denzel Bentley, um, for me, you know, he got a win early on in the year. He, he then had the controversial draw with Mark Heffron. Then they had the rematch and the British title was on the line and he managed to stop um, to stop Mark Heffron and he remains undefeated and he is, for me, a deserved British champion. But for me, the British fighter of the year, um, again... I hope people understand my criteria because this guy who I'm going to say, he is a fringe world level guy, but he's not at the top of his sport. And some people would say he's not fringe world level yet because he hasn't really beaten anyone, I don't think, on the European level. 
it's quite confusing. I know what I'm talking. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about, but I'm not sure if I'm getting the point across good. But for me, British Fighter of the Year, Joe Joyce. Obviously, a win against Michael Wallish, um, just as expected, really. And he didn't look amazing at all times in that fight. Uh, but the job he did on Daniel Dubois in a very exciting fight, like Rachel Tula have said, um, you know, it, it was it was edge of the seat kind of stuff, and he was brilliant. He looked in control the entire time. He was a big underdog. So for me, Joe Joyce, um, you know, he's he's my British fighter of the year. Um, right, that's that category done. I'm going to let you choose the next one, Eddie, and we have left. Prospect of the Year, Upset of the Year, Young Fighter Under 25 of the Year, and Fighter of the Year. Let's do Upset of the Year. Okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm interested in seeing what that one is. Okay. This is, this is um, a category I'm really looking forward to here. So, and, and, and the guy that I've given it to, the fight I've given it to, is one that I don't think anyone's really saying. And I'll explain my reasons behind it. But anyway, John Tandy sends in another another great list. Um, Dillian White against Alexander Povetkin. Not going to spend too much Definitely. time on that, but um, I don't. You know what, Eddie? It was an upset, but but it was. But it, yeah, but it yeah. But it, like you you can't sort of you can't say yeah. to yourself honestly that before that fight, there's no way in the world that Povetkin's going to knock him out. It, you know, Povetkin's a exactly. proven guy, exactly. proven in more ways than Dillian White had been, if we're honest. How about this? How about this? It would have been a humongous upset to see Chisora beat Usyk. Uh, Usyk. Now that would have been a tremendous upset, but Povetkin beating White, not not so much. Most people thought White would win, but not like, you know, but not like it's impossible for Povetkin to beat him. Just like you said, you're saying everything right, so I'm just agreeing. So go ahead. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Dillian White against Alexander Povetkin. It was definitely an upset. I mean, I actually predicted it would go to points and it would be a close fight, so that's incredibly embarrassing. But anyway, um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it is an upset. Um, John O'Carroll against Maxi Hughes. Again, we mentioned that on the British Fighter of the Year. Um, it was a huge upset. Brilliant, brilliant one there, John. Um Oh, he's named the one that I was going to choose as my winner. Oh, my God. I'm going to... I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say it now. I'm gonna skip it and come back to it. Um, he says Jessica McCaskill against Cecilia Brackhouse. Um, it was a big, big upset. It really was. Um, I'm pleased for, for not for Cecilia. She lost the fight. I'm pleased for Jessica McCaskill, who, of course, you know, was homeless, living on the streets, and then became a uh, an undisputed welterweight world champion, despite not really even being a welterweight. I think she moved up in weight for that fight. So it is such a brilliant story, and um, she's a really lovely lady as well. So I'm so pleased for her. She's had a phenomenal year. There's been people saying that I should have done a female fighter of the year for 2020 which I didn't do unfortunately but she'd have been right up there with a mention um yeah but it was a brilliant you know it was a very close fight a lot of people actually felt that she didn't deserve the decision but she got it on the cards um and yeah that that is all that matters um he also says and this is a big one Eddie I think we uh I think we were both watching this one we might have. I might have been out there with you. I think I was watching this in the hotel. You were watching it at yours. Uh, Jason Rosario, Julian Williams, huge upset. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 that was. And it was like, like wow. But you know what? It's like when the fight started, 
And I seen Julian Kenny catch him with a good right hand, but the guy kind of dealt with it and dealt with it real well. It just seemed like he was the more sturdy, sturdy guy in there. Like he was more steady on his feet than Julian was. Because Julian landed a great shot in that first round. And he came back. And then I saw, as not only did he come back, but he started throwing heavy shots. And it looked like his shots really, really, really bothered Julian. And I was like, damn. And this was only in the, what, the end of the first round going into the second round. You know what I mean? And I'm like, damn. You know what I mean? It just doesn't look good. You know, as a fighter, you start to kind of see the guy, especially if you're a support guy, you're supporting, start to, like, drop off, like to have a drop off. And, you know what I mean? Like, at first he seemed more like he was spry. He was he was throwing shots with conviction. He was throwing – the speed was nice. Everything was good. I'm not saying he, that all came down, but it came down just enough for me to see, like, damn, this dude is bothering me. And then the guy wasn't, like – he was like I said, he's a sturdy guy, like 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 he had a lot of toughness. Like he was just gonna keep coming. That's why I was surprised how Charlo stopped him, because he looked so like if, like his, his he just looked strong and determined. You know what I'm saying when he fought Julian, and and man, like I saw I saw it coming honestly, but I mean I'm not gonna say that I thought he was gonna do that before the fight, but I definitely saw it coming as the fight wore on. Yep, and moving over now to a nomination sent in from Andrew Fleming. He says it's got to be Tiafimo Lopez over Lomachenko. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an upset. It is definitely. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good call. This one comes in from Colin at London underscore Skylines. He says uh, boxer Maxi Hughes. I don't think he specifies which fight it was, but um, he. Uh, he is probably talking about the two the two upsets he pulled off that I mentioned um, you know, in the mm. British Fighter of the Year segment against the guy in Dubai and against John O'Carroll. He says, I've loved every minute of his Indian summer. Uh, he also says, Joe Smith Jr. He smacked up Alvarez and was was fun, but maybe not a huge upset. I, I thought that was a huge upset. Um, I thought it was a big, big upset that too. Yeah. And he also, I did not expect him. Sorry, Eddie, go on. No, 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 I was saying I didn't expect him to win that. Yeah. And he also says, I fancied, uh, he said, I fancied Arthur, Povetkin, Bolotniks, and Joyce myself. So he didn't consider those upsets. That's interesting. I wonder if he put his money where, where his mouth is because he'd have won some dollars there. Uh, he says, Maxi scalping John O'Carroll was yeah. one of the was one for the books, especially as Maxi's had a couple of bleep decisions. Okay. Uh, Ricey says Chayafon Moonsri losing his 55th fight and his undefeated streak oh, <laughs> yeah that sucks man <laughs> oh god no. I, I just can't believe it. I'm never going to mention that guy again it's sad uh, I'm, I, I hope yeah. he can sign, even if he lost I think it was a close fight by the way from what I've heard but I hope he can petition yeah. it turn it into a no contest and then just retire <laughs> Yeah, Imagine that. honestly, to then to lose though, it's just like man, you did all that work, so all that sad. time. Yeah, so sad. Really. Uh, Tuba TJ yeah. says, "I absolutely did not expect to see Cecilia Brackhouse lose this year." So, she, so uh, he's nominating yeah. uh, Jessica McCaskill. Um, Luigi Pelosi says, um, "Who does he say again?" Because he sent them all in in one thing. Um, what are we on again? This is um, upset of the year. Upset of the year. He mm-hmm. didn't send me in that one either, Luigi. 
bad man. Anyway, moving on to my upsets. Um, yeah, obviously Maxi Hughes against John O'Carroll. Maxi Hughes against um, Victor Kotodjigov in Dubai. Um, Rosario against J-Rock in, in Philadelphia. White against Povetkin, obviously, even though I think it wasn't a huge upset because I wouldn't have been overly shocked if someone would have told me before the fight. Uh, Michael Hunter, for example, he was picking Povetkin all the way. Um, but considering the way the fight went, you know, when, when Povetkin was down twice in the prior round, it was kind of shocking. Um, and like I said, yeah. I thought it was going to go to points, so I, I looked like a complete... Uh, idiot there. Um, TJ... No. no, it's all right. You don't need to defend me, Eddie. It's fine. TJ Doheny. <laughs> Doheny. This is a huge one. Um, he was the IBF world champion last year. He only lost his title on points in a unification against Daniel Roman. And this year, he had a fight against the guy who was 12-2 and two, called Iron Up Baluta, and he lost. That was mega, because this guy, no one had ever heard of this guy. TJ Doheny was a, was a world champion, for Christ's sake. He only lost the title in a unification fight. And to, to get upset like that was unbelievable. But the guy also went on to cause another big upset against David Oliver Joyce. So maybe he was a secret, Legit. yeah, like a hidden gem. Um, but for me... This is my upset of the year. And the reason I say it is because for me it was the most shocking. It's not for any titles. It's not, you know, you, you might think it's a it's a bad, uh, bad choice. But me making the choice, I'm going with this. Just simply because before the fight, I never gave the guy that won a chance. And during the fight, he was getting beaten up. And he landed a punch. And that punch that he landed turned the entire fight. So for me, my upset of the year, Eddie, Robert Hellenius knocking out Kaunaki. Wow. Oh, right. I forgot about Yeah, I you know what? I knew you forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot all about that, but that was a huge upset in my opinion, too. And it was like, you ever, you're watching a fight, right? And, I have to, and I, you know, of course, Kaunaki's dominating the fight, right? And I'm expecting to see him win. You know what I mean? Eventually, probably stop Alanius or whatever. But then, for me, it was just like, he's so right there. And I feel like if Alanius can land a decent shot, he might be able to, he might give us to get some respect, maybe even hurt him. No, not two to three minutes, not even, not even a whole round after I said that, boom, he did it. And I'm like, yo. <laughs> Am I a prophet? <laughs> it was just a surprise, but at the same time, I could see it happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen Kanaki fight so many times now. You know, obviously, so many times, but, you know, enough times now. And, you know, he has a, you know, in-your-face style, kind of like Chris Ariola when he was in his prime. Comes and throws punches and bunches and punches with pretty decent power and just real, real aggressive. But he's, his head is right there to be hit. And I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking that he's going to end up in the same boat as Chris Ariola did. You know what I mean? Chris Ariola, I think, is a little bit tougher, take a little better shot than he did. But at the same time, I still think, you know, he, he's going to end up in that kind of situation. Like, he'll be that guy. And, it, I mean, look, he's, he's, he's similar in size. He has probably a, a little bit better boxing ability maybe than Chris Ariola did at the time. I don't know. But, I mean, maybe Chris is a little tougher. So, I mean, it's it, – it's just hard to see where he's going to go from here. Now that that kind of thing happens, you know, it's almost like he's exposed or the work or the, or the, or the book is out on him. All you got to do is this, but trust me, that shot came out of nowhere. So I think maybe nine out of 10 times he beats 
Robert Helaney is, but it just so happens that 10th time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And again, John Tandy sent that one in as well. So, um, yeah. That was a good, good one. Um, that was yeah, a great. good one. That is my winner. Moving on now to prospect of the year. Um, John Tandy sends mm. in another, another good list here. He says, um, Shakur Stevenson. Um, I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of, is he a prospect? No, no, now? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I'm going to delete yeah. him out of there. Okay. Yeah. Good call. Um, Philip Hergovic, he sent him in. He's had two fights this year. Um, a uh, second round knockout of Alexander Cartosia, who I am not too sure who that is. Um, I know that he lost to Ricardo Snyders, by the way, who, of course, uh, Daniel Dubois bombed out in two rounds. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he's too good. But his other win came in five rounds against Rydell Booker. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know. That's, uh, that was quite impressive, I guess, because Booker had never been stopped. But that's Hergovic. Um, he also says uh, Tony Yoka. Now, I'm not really getting down with that one too much. Um, Tony Yoka this year. I mean, well, actually, I take that back slightly. He scored a first-round knockout over Johan Duapas, which was quite um, impressive, mm. really, considering that Big Baby Miller went the distance wow. with him. Povetkin took him out in six. Deontay Wilder took him out in 11. And he did it in one. Yeah. But his other fight yeah. kind of undid his uh, his great um, win. Because he took on Christian Hammer and went the distance. He completely shut him out. But um, it would have been nice to see him stop him like Fury did. Like, uh, like uh, you know, a couple of other guys did. Who else stopped? Stop Who else stopped? Uh, who else stopped uh, Hammer? I know he went the distance with um, Povetkin and Ortiz. Anyway, moving on. Uh, thank you for that one. Uh, oh, no, he's not done yet. Jaron Ennis, definitely a big shout mm-hmm. for him. Um, oh, yeah. Three fights sure. this year. I was present at one of them um, back in January. Uh, three fights this year. Two KOs against guys who'd never been stopped before. One no contest the other week in a fight that... He was looking good in until the horrific cut happened for um, for Chris Van Heerden. Um So, yeah, he has had a great year. Um, Ennis. Um, and the other one that John Tandy says, Tim Tzu. Oh, man. Tim Tzu, obviously the oh. le- the, uh, the the son of legend, Costa uh, Zhu. He's That's had a great cool. year. He became the second. Oh, no. He's been stopped in every loss, hasn't he? He, uh, he became the quickest man to stop Jeff Horn. Um, mm. he got him out in eight rounds. That's quicker than Crawford. Um, and of course, you know, he's, you know, a tough guy, Jeff Horn. So, uh, that was a big, big, big win there. And he was down in the third round as well, twice, I believe in that fight. And other than that, he, he knocked out one guy in one round called Bowen Morgan, who is from New Zealand. Not quite sure on his credentials, to be honest, off the top of my head, but he is definitely one to watch, man. I'm so excited about the development of him. Ricey underscore SUFC says Edgar Belanga. I'm going to get to that, definitely. Um, Tuba TJ says, I leave... This is a very strange one, actually, but I like that. That is what I'm into. He says, I leave 2020 wanting to see more of Michael Polite Coffee. Um, I'd like to see if he can, if he has the time to do something big. He was uh, he was supposed to take on Joey Abel, but Joey Abel got injured just as it was getting interesting. 
that was in his last fight in November. He had three fights and three KOs. Joey Abel, Luis Pina, who was 6-0 undefeated, and a guy with a losing record called Carlos Sandoval. 34 years of age, Michael Polite Coffee, 11-0 with eight KOs. Okay, interesting one there from Tuba. Uh, Michael Van Sant, he says, Edgar Belanga as well. Uh, Rachel Two Lives says, a slow burner, but I still have hopes for Daniel Yelusinov, the 2016 Olympic gold medalist. So do I. He's coming off a brilliant win there against former unified world champion uh, Julius Indongo. That was quite exciting. I think he had another fight earlier on in the year. Can't remember who it was against, but thank you for that one, Rachel. Okay, that's it for Prospect of the Year from the people that have sent them in on Twitter. Thank you all for that. I'm going to get to mine now, though. There's a few guys to mention. I'm going to mention five guys here. Jaron Ennis, definitely one. I've already spoke about him. Um, Chris Colbert, he's had a great year. He picked up an interim world title. Charles Conwell, um, three stoppage wins in 2020, two against undefeated fighters. Um, Sebastian Fundora, the six foot six welterweight, three fights, three wins. He stopped former world title challenger um, Habib Ahmed quicker than Gilberto Ramirez did in that world title fight, and he became the first man to stop Nathaniel Gallimore. And he also took the O of the undefeated Australian Daniel Lewis. He's had a brilliant year, very exciting, very um, uh, likable guy, quite charismatic. Sebastian uh, Sebastian Fandora, six foot six welterweight. But the winner for me, Edgar Belanga, sixteen KOs in the first round. He's breaking records. He's breaking chins. Three KOs this year, of course, all in the first round. As you can see, some of the other guys I've mentioned have got similar twenty twenties to him. You know, they've got three KOs, stuff like that. But the fact he keeps doing it in the first round, you know, the excitement that he brings, the pressure he's got on his shoulders, and the anticipation for every time he steps in the ring. Can this guy get out of the first round? No, is the answer every time out of 16. He's on the verge of breaking a world record, and he is, for me, the most exciting prospect in world boxing, even though I'm dying to see him stepped up. Um... Let's now get on to Young Fighter of the Year. Um, John Tandy sends in... Ooh, he sent in a few here. I'm going to go for these really quickly, actually. Jaime Mungia. Okay. So these have got to be under 25. Jaime Mungia under 25. David Benavidez. Uh, okay. Ryan Garcia. Uh, Virgil Ortiz which we really like mm-hmm. him, and Tiafimo Lopez, yep. of course. Um, Andrew Fleming says Boots, so we know he's talking about Jaron Ennis. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Tuba TJ says, got to be Tiafimo if he's not taking any other categories. Yes, he is. We will get to that. Uh, Michael Van Sant says, um, Young Fighter of the Year, got to be Loma, uh, not Lomachenko, Lopez. Um, yeah, yeah. And Rachel Two Live, she says Tiafimo Lopez as well. Luigi Pelosi says um, he's he's given me Fire of the Year, which is Tiafimo. I'm sure he would have given Young Fire of the Year to him as well. My Young Fire of yeah. the Year, I'm not going to include Tiafimo Lopez because I'm giving him Fighter of the Year. So that's a little spoiler there. You could easily give him Fight uh, 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 Young Fire of the Year, but for me, you know, he'd win that. So I'm putting him in the Big Boy League. With, with everyone eligible, and he's won that one already. But for me, the best 
fighter under 25 this year goes to Emmanuel Navarrete. And I say that because this will be the last time I'll be able to mention him in this under 25 um, category. He'll be 26 next year. But this year, three fights, three wins, two by stoppage. He made his final defense of his super bantamweight world title in February. He then moved up to featherweight and picked up the vacant WBO world title um, in that weight there uh, when he took the O away from the undefeated Ruben Villa, who there was just huge talk about him being a, a, just a brilliant fighter. So to, to beat him was quite impressive. He is one of the few guys who's been a two-weight world champion during 2020. When you really think about it, there's not many. I can only think of Javante Davis, where that happened for him as well. Um, and that was a bit strange, the way they had two weight class world titles on the line. <laughs> but anyway, um, number two it is quite um people might not understand but i'm giving it to jason rosario he came out of nowhere he knocked out julian williams yeah he did get knocked out by jamel charlo but arguably jamel charlo is probably the best in the world at that weight and the fight was a very close fight on all the cards at the point of the stoppage so for me breakout fighter um for this year and definitely one of the best young fighters he's established himself a world level fighter and um, he's made his mark on 2020 in a big way. And in, in third place, I'm giving it to Joshua Franco. For a win in January. Then he gets put in at a, a late notice to take on the undefeated Andrew Maloney for the world title. It was the first world title fight in the world during the, the lockdown. Um, so he, he steps in at late notice. He wins the fight. He deserves to win the fight. Then they have the rematch. It, it obviously ended in serious controversy when they took about 30 minutes to still get the decision wrong. But he's had a great year and he remains champion despite what we all think. Um, so, yeah, he definitely has had an unbelievable year. Some would say the luckiest man in boxing. Um, and you couldn't really argue with that. And let's move now to fighter of the year. I'm going to keep it really... Um, quick here obviously during 2020 a lot of the top fighters haven't really um had the chance to display everything some of them haven't even had a fight all year a lot of them have only fought once i usually like to give this to a fighter that is you know is, is quite active a guy that's had two or three wins at the top level in a single year no one has really managed to do that at the top level with the huge um, pandemic going on. But I do want to give a massive shout-out to one guy that springs to mind. Um, he got a win over Jesse Hart, who for me is a genuine world-level fighter. Then he went on to, uh, uh, to to become the first man to knock out a leader, Alvarez. Something Sergei Kovalev couldn't manage in two fights against Alvarez. Um, someone mentioned that fight earlier as well. Um, I'm speaking of, of course, Joe Smith Jr. Not that I think he's fighter of the year, but a big mention to him. He's got a world title shot uh, in, in February um, in, a, in a short period of time now. So I'm, I'm really excited for that for him. He's had a great 2020, but of course, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that have had decent years, but a big shout out to him. And of course, the winner, um, the winner... Tiafimo Lopez. He won the, the world title in December 2019. That's obviously before 2020 started, but his very next fight was the unification, or the undisputed fight, whatever you want to call it, with arguably the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world, Lomachenko. He's only 23 years of age, and he only needed one fight in the calendar year of 2020 for me to win that award. Um, I really, really... Sorry, did you want to say something, Eddie? No, no, I, I actually, 
I like that pick. I mean, I don't know if he would be the guy necessarily. You know what I mean? This is this is fighter of the year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, I don't know if he if I would have thought to pick him, even though yeah, I do agree that with the the fight that he won. In fact, in 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 the fact that he only needed one fight to get to that point, and actually took the fight and won the fight. You know, regardless of what most people think, regardless of that, you know what I mean. Even though the fight was really close and this that, does none of that matters. Is the fact that he won the fight. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I mean, you have you make a very, very, very good point in him getting that uh, that distinction. But is and uh, obviously Fury and uh, Wilder has to be on that list too, because I mean, even though. I mean, I'm sorry, not 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 Wilder, but <laughs> Tyson beating Wilder puts him in that conversation. I would imagine too, but yeah, but yeah, maybe maybe you're maybe you're right though. Maybe you're right. He does edge it, and in 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 that, I think you might be. Yeah, I think I might have done that too. I mean, I don't know for sure. I can't really 100 percent say. I mean, I would have to look at, you know, look it over and kind of mull over it a little more. But yeah, it, you know, that's that's definitely a good pick. And Tuba TJ says, can we give it to Tyson Fury based on only one fight? It was a heck of a performance to go in and bully the bully. Uh, so he yeah. nominates Tyson Fury. Luigi Pelosi says, Tiafimo Lopez without a doubt. Uh, Phil Rogers 81 says, Tiafimo Lopez without question. Uh, Michael Van Sant says, Tiafimo Lopez. Silver Bandit yeah. underscore says, Tiafimo Lopez. Uh, Gavin Stevens says it's between Tiafimo Lopez, Tyson Fury, and Kosi Tanaka if he should beat Ioka. By the time this podcast goes out, that fight would have took place, so I'm not too sure who's going to win that just yet. Um, John Tandy says, fighter of the year, he's given me a few nominations. Katie Taylor, um, not eligible, I think, because we're going to do um, men's boxing at the minute. Josh Taylor, very interesting. Again, I don't... I can't put him in there, John. I mean, you're the trainer, I'm not, but I disagree. I can't put him in there for beating up a Nun Kong song. Uh, Sal Canelo Alvarez, he only had the one fight. It was against Callum Smith. Uh, mm. uh, Terence Crawford, if I'm not mistaken, I think he only had one fight. It was against Kel Brook. Tyson Fury, mm. yeah, I can understand why you'd say that. That is the five that he has sent in. Ricey underscore SUFC says, I'm biased and I know he's only had one fight this year, but a win against the pound-for-pound number one makes him my fighter of the year, Tiafimo Lopez. Michael Van Sant says, fighter of the year, Tiafimo Lopez. Uh, Rachel Two Lives, fighter of the year, has to be Tiafimo Lopez. He completely shut down the consensus pound-for-pound leader and won with relative ease. I wouldn't agree with the last sentence. I don't think he won with relative ease. But um, yeah, we we are. That's a, that's the, the win is debatable in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah, regardless yeah. how you, who you are and how you look at it, I mean, you know, the fight definitely was closed down the stretch, and you know, could have went. Well, if it, one one thing different happens, that fight changes completely. You know what I mean? Not necessarily on the judges' scorecards, but on most everybody else's scorecards around. So, you know, I don't wouldn't say easy. Not even close to easy. Okay, and now I'm going to move on to the pound-for-pound lists. We've had a few... uh, We've had, I think, six people send in lists of their pound-for-pound, so I'm going to go through these pretty quickly because this has gone on a bit longer than I thought it would have. Um, Tuba TJ, here's my biased, casual, at the lower weight classes, flawed pound-for-pound list after the weekend just gone. (laughs) Um, 
Okay. Okay. He says... Number... Hang on, that can't be right. That can't <laughs> be right. He's got Lomachenko at number one still. No way. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm going to read it out. He's 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 got his reasons. He's explained to me, and I'll get on to that. Uh, number one, Lomachenko. Number two, Inoue. Number three, Crawford. Number four, Triple G. Number five, Tiafimo Lopez. Number six, Errol Spence. Number seven, Usyk. Number eight, Canelo. Number nine, Manny Pacquiao. Number ten, Michael Hunter. Okay. Okay, let's get wow. on to that. I do think Tyson... Pound for pound? Yeah, pound for pound. And this is going to explain. So let's let's see this. I do think Tyson Fury is the best heavyweight out there right now. But since he weighs literally two Lomachenkos, I chose not to include him. Usyk and Hunter are fighting at heavyweight, but could more be naturally at cruiserweight in brackets or bridger weight. They gave... They give up weight and length for heavyweight. I kept Lomachenko at number one coming off a loss because he is up two to three weight classes from his body's set points. And and, uh, Lopez is down at least one weight class from his. Also, he did injure his shoulder badly enough to have surgery immediately after the fight. I still see Loma as the most skilled fighter in the world, even if he's not number one at lightweight. Lopez didn't have any answers for Lomachenko in the second half of the fight. He's right about that. And was getting tagged pretty regularly. Um, I thought Lomachenko did enough for the draw or the narrowest of wins. Okay, now I can understand where he's going with his number one pick. Um, I still put Triple G above Canelo, as I think he is Mm. at worst one and one against him. I think he's put one, one, he's put one and oh and one. So I think a win and a draw. Um, possibly 2-0. I do worry about the trilogy as Triple G gets older. I think Canelo tried to wait for him to age out of the first fight, so it was even more impressive from Triple G to win in most people's eyes. I openly admit to being biased. I'm a fan of Loma, Hunter, and Triple G, and I just don't particularly like Canelo after the Adelaide Bird card. I'm guessing Adelaide Bird card? Or maybe he's thinking about the... Uh... Was it who was who gave the close the close card against Mayweather? Was well, that wasn't Bird? Was it that was uh, wasn't that CJ Ross? That was yeah. Might have, he, I think he, I think he was talking about uh, with Triple G. Ah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course he is. My, my apologies, because um, because yeah. I think was it CJ Ross gave that fight a draw. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, come on. Yeah, I, I just I just don't particularly like Canelo after that, and and the and the drug test failure tainting the Triple G fights. That's his reasons. Um, boy, I mean... Gotta respect it. Uh, each, each person's entitled to their own opinion. Michael Van Sant says, here is my pound for pound list. Canelo, assuming he beat Smith, so he sent this in just before. Uh, number two, Anoya Inoue. Um, number three, Terence Crawford. Number four, Errol Spence. Number five, Usyk. Number six, Tiafimo Lopez. Seven, Triple G. 8, Tyson Fury. 9, Juan Francisco Estrada. 10, Josh Taylor. That's, a, mm. that's an interesting list. I like Canelo's positioning. I like Inoue and Crawford. I've always said, and, I, and I'm really not popular for saying it, but Errol Spence in my top 10, I'm not sure. Usyk, um, yes. Tiafimo Lopez, he's, he's broke in there, number 6. Triple G, number 7. 
Yeah, I can't really think he's left anyone out. That's quite a good list. To put Tyson Fury in at number 8, some people wouldn't like. To put Josh Taylor in at, at number 10, some people wouldn't like. But that's a good list. I like that. Uh, uh, John Tandy. This will be interesting. Pound for pound list. Canelo, number one. Number two, Crawford, number three. Inoue, number four, Josh Taylor. That's a hot... Now I know why he's nominated him for every other award. <laughs> Josh Taylor, number four. Um... Number five, Tiafimo Lopez. Number six, Lomachenko. Number seven, Jamal Charlo. I like that. Mm. I like that. Mm. Number eight, Errol mm. Spence. Number nine, Triple G. Number ten, Tyson Fury. That's a good list. I like that list. There's only one or two things yes. I'm not sure on. Yeah. But but other right. than that, I like everyone's placements there. Ricey sends in his one. Number one, Canelo. Number two, Crawford. Number three, Inoue. Number four, Usyk. Number five, Navarrete. Okay. Number six, Lomachenko. Number seven, Tiafimo Lopez. Number eight, Josh Taylor. Wow, I'm surprised that a lot of people have Josh Taylor in the top ten. Number nine, Golovkin. Number ten, Tyson Fury. Getting on to my list, and I am open for criticism for it. My list is, um, I've now got Canelo at number one. I've got Crawford at number two. I've got Inoue number three. Golovkin number four. Usyk number five. Lomachenko number six. Very controversial number seven with Mikey Garcia. Mm, I just I've got a soft spot for Mikey Garcia. I'm, I know that people are going to say I don't know what I'm talking about, but he's another guy. No, but Eddie, he's another guy. Like someone said, I think it was Tuba TJ. Lomachenko's still number one because his only loss came, or not his only loss. He lost to Salida, but you know his 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 loss in recent years since he's become everyone's pound for pound number one. His loss was at a weight, probably two weights above his best weight class. And that's what I can say for Mikey. His only loss came to Spence. Yeah. He's no way in the world a welterweight. And Spence is a damn super middleweight. <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, a, that's it. And I agree with you on that. But when Lomachenko's fight with Pio uh, Lopez was close. <laughs> that's the only difference. Now, I'm not nitpicking. I agree. That he definitely shouldn't have fought Spence. That was a mistake him going that far because he didn't really need to do that, and he, and he probably could have done real well at 140 if he just stayed and competed there or fought some other guys. But he had to go to the mountaintop right away, and, and that was a mistake. But he could be. He, he very well could be because he was definitely looking real tough. You know, so. And my pound-for-pound pound list took a bit of a mysterious kind of um... – taste I guess towards the end like I said Mikey at number 7 number 8 Tiafimo Lopez I've got him crashing the top 10 now I'm not going to give him top 3 or anything like that just yet number 9 I've put Jamal Charlo in and number 10 um, quite stupidly I was saying I can't believe that so many people have got uh, Josh Taylor in the top 10 I've actually got Josh Taylor in number 10 um, I've got a couple of runners up who are just outside of the the list um, um Spence is closing in, I have to say. Gary Russell Jr., even though he doesn't fight enough. Oh, my God. One of the best fighters in the world, for sure. Javante Davis now, after he beat Leo mm. Santa Cruz. Oh, my God. He's closing in, for sure. Um, even though this guy, not everyone likes to watch him fight. He has got skills that... Well, I'm not sure if they pay the bills, because I don't know how well he's doing financially. <laughs> but Demetrius Andrade, I still think he's one of the best in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Billy Joe Saunders. I want to see. Mm-hmm. I want to see. You know, the winner of him and Andrade, if it were to happen, finally, I'd definitely give them a spot in the top ten. Um, this is going to be controversial here, man. Hmm. K- 
Keith Furman. Yo, there's going to be controversy with this one. Come on, Eddie, <laughs> man. Come on. There's going to be controversy. Well, because, you know. <laughs> he lost to Manny Pacquiao. Okay. okay. Yeah, but no, I mean, listen, that is not a, necessarily a bad loss. Most people would say it's a bad loss because Manny Pacquiao is old, but he's not. He didn't perform like he was old. So you can't really, you know what I mean? You can't really say that. You know what I mean? Everybody's like looking that. at the loss to Joe You know what I mean? And that's what they're basing this off of, and they're saying we lost the step. But, um, you know, when you go in there with the attitude, you're just going to beat somebody who's a legend like he and like him. You know, that's what happens. I'm not saying Keith Thurman doesn't deserve to be there, but he did lose to Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. And if you're going to have Keith Thurman in the conversation, Manny Pacquiao has to be in the conversation too. Styles makes fights. I know that doesn't always you know measure up, but the fact is he got a loss in recent time to him. So, yeah. Yeah, those are all a part. Got to be a part of the list, man. <laughs> yeah, Manny Pacquiao should be, and I, and I definitely put him in. I wrote this um, a couple of weeks ago at five fifty-two a.m. and I hadn't slept yet, so perhaps I was a bit tired. <laughs> um, Gilberto, uh, Gilberto Ramirez, I think he's forty and oh now, or forty-one and oh. He's definitely up there. You know, he has to be up there. Um, and Tyson Fury as well, just outside of my top 10. So there's a few runners up there ready to crash in. Um, that's it for that. And the last thing we're going to do, Eddie, if you want to give your, if if you want to, you don't have to, if you want to give like a top five, if you want or whatever, you can. The last thing to do, uh, what, what I'm going to do in a minute, is just I ask for people to send in the fights they want to see in 2021. That is the final thing. We didn't get too many sent in because I put the tweet out quite late. But... Um, yeah, do you want to give a list or any kind of list at all? Or I, not? Mean, I, I can, you know, as far as the top pound for pound, um, just and I'm and I'm gonna say this is like I, I I gotta say Canelo because of his accomplishments up to now and in you know even in his loss uh, that he had to um, to Floyd Mayweather. I mean, his opposition has been real high and he's done a lot of different things and he does it with class as far as skill. I'm talking about the skill. I'm outside the ring as much as, as inside the ring, but he's really classy in there. And he, he just beat a real, real, real good champion too. People don't, people not really thinking of Callum Smith as what he is. He's really, really a tough, a tough one. He's going to be some, something that's going to be, or somebody that's going to be around if this didn't destroy his confidence. So I, I got to give Canelo number one. Um, Crawford, you know, I don't, I really, the reason why I'm not saying anyway right now or because I don't really I really haven't seen a lot of him I only seen a few things he did and I'm and I'm not gonna you know I'm not saying he's not that guy because he probably is I've seen a few things and he's got the whole package you know what I mean so he's really he's really one of those guys but um I'm gonna say Spence right I mean not Spence um Crawford right now Spence had a great win over Danny you know what I mean I liked how he basically didn't miss a beat and he came back and beat one of the better, better Walter Reeds in, in 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 the last you know last few years. So he's definitely um, he's definitely in the conversation. But I'm still I'm still gonna go um, Canelo. Um, damn, I can't even remember what the hell I just said. <laughs> like, see, this is the boxer brain thing. Um, Crawford and uh, I think who else? I'm gonna put after that. I wanted to put. No oh, man, uh, I don't want to start the cut. I would, I guess, if I put him in there, and the only reason why I would put him in there before like a Lomachenko, 
is because he's um, he beat Lomachenko, and he did it. I'm not saying that I felt like I felt like Lomachenko wasn't what he was, and I'm not saying that he's old. I'm just saying he had some issues. You know what I mean? He hadn't been in the ring in a while. So if I put him there, I'm gonna put him. I will put him just right right in front of um, of Lomachenko. And then let me see. So sorry. What is the list? What is what? what give me the order. One then. Canelo. Canelo. One Canelo. Two um, Crawford. Crawford. God damn. Uh, I, keep, I don't want to forget. Um, three would be. Fuck is his name again? <laughs> no, I, I haven't. Okay. The reason okay. why that's I, fine. I, that's fine. Him, that's fine. That's fine. I, I would have put him there, but I haven't seen enough of him, so I don't really know. Like, I mean, I seen I seen him do what he's doing, and I'm please don't don't slap me for not you know. But what I'm saying is, he's great, and he probably is in that position. Shit, maybe even higher. But I haven't seen enough of him, so I can't really speak on him as much, you know? Okay. So but, Canelo, um, Crawford. So I'm saying, and then Lopez, Lopez right now. Lopez, number three, okay. And then I was going to put right after him, Lomachenko, and the reason why I do that, similar to the same reason why the guy uh, uh, did the same thing in having Lomachenko in the list right after, or I don't know if it was right after before. Yeah, I can't he remember. was number one, but yeah, yeah. Oh, he had him, wait, he had Lomachenko's number one? Yeah, oh, shit, yeah. that's... That's kind of different than mine. We love a bit of controversy. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and number five, and, and I'm, I'm thinking now because I'm trying to think of who else. Would you have Triple G? Would you have Usyk? Would you have? Uh, um... If I'm gonna have, if I'm gonna have Usyk, I'm putting Tyson in front. Okay. Got to be in front. All right. Well, and the reason I'm not doing, and, and everybody's gonna say, oh, it's only because. No, it's because of where I feel like he would stand in history. Like I feel like there's not a lot of people with the size and, and the uh, athletic ability in the ring. I'm not saying he'd be a great basketball player. Maybe he would, but I don't know. But um, he's just able to do so many things, and he's and he's got the uh, the ability to just change at a moment's notice. Like if you watch Floyd, and I'm not saying he is Floyd, or he's like he has the same similar style as Floyd. What I'm saying is Floyd can make adjustments on the fly because he can do so many different things. You understand what I'm saying? And I see the same capabilities with Tyson. And his resume is starting to get close to matching up to where he can be talked about in history. So, you know, at this moment and what he's done to Wilder and where he's headed, I feel like he's got to be in that in that conversation. So, you know, they got to put him there. Number and five? it's not because I know him. Because um, I only have a top five. Oh, okay. You know so I'm no saying? Triple G. You know what I mean? No Triple G. Well, you, you know. Come on, Eddie. We've got, to, we got, to, we got to not go too long. I know. I know. All right, I'm going I'm to say this one. The only reason why. I, triple G is definitely in the conversation. He'd be like one of my honorable mentions. And shit, maybe he would be in front of Tyson. But it's just, you know, even though I don't think he necessarily lost those fights like that. You know what I mean? I feel like the fights were close. Um, the first one I thought probably he should have won uh, with uh, Canelo, but it's just it's just recently having that tough fight he had with uh, what's the kid the uh, the one that's uh, the gym, the kind of it just it's just starting to it's starting to look like he's starting to come down a little bit now. Hey, look, it, be, it could be just like Pacquiao. He had a loss, you know, he he had a little hiccup and then he's back. But as I got to see it, so. You know what I mean? Just give me time. But as it stands, that's me. So who's number five? So we've got Canelo, Crawford, Lopez, Lomachenko. Who? 
I, I was going to put uh, because I only have five. <laughs> I'm going to put Tyson there. Okay, so Tyson there. That's over Usyk. That's over Triple G. That's over Jamal Charlo. That's over Errol Spence. That's over Earl Spence. See, that's, see, when I was saying Earl Spence, he came back. He beat he beat um, fucking Danny. And you know, I was initially going to say that, but I just want to see more. You know what I mean? He looked good though, so I I, I kind of should just give him the spot like he should have it. I think he should be number Fury five, should be above Spence, man. That's my feel. Think so? Yeah. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. You see, I initially was thinking Spence, but then I was like, how can I? Because where Tyson has, and this is why I'm saying is it's kind of surprising me. I'm not hearing Tyson higher on the list is because of people were looking at uh, fucking uh, Wilder like he was the next Mike Tyson type. You know what I mean? Like he had that kind of shit behind. Him. And then Tyson just wipes the floor with him like he's nothing, like he's not even there. And it's like, why aren't people really? starting to say the same thing about him. Like, yo, he's really that guy. Now, don't get me wrong. There are guys saying it now, but they're not saying it quite like they should be. You understand what I'm saying? So that's my that's my point. Okay, you know so Fury I mean? number five. Mm-hmm. All right, it's a good list. Canelo, Crawford, Lopez, Lomachenko, Fury. I, I like the list. But anyway, moving on now it's to... top heavy. Huh? No, I was saying it's, it's top heavy because it's only the top. Yeah, no, <laughs> no go ahead, but the fights that we need to see in 2021, um, we only had a couple people send these in. Um, Ricey says, <laughs> Fury AJ. Of course, we need to see that. Um, that is top of the list. Uh, Crawford Spence. We all want to see that. Uh, Tiafimo Lopez versus the winner of Taylor versus Ramirez. I think Taylor versus Ramirez is another one we need to see. Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders. Okay. Lomachenko mm. versus Tank or Haney. Okay. Mm, yeah. um, Josh Buatzi against Callum Johnson. Yeah, I like that fight. Uh, Connor Ben against Josh Kelly. Uh, Josh Warrington against Navarrete. Oh, that's a good fight. Yeah. Wilder against Dillian White. Yeah, I'd still sign up for that. Usyk uh, against Joe Joyce. Yep. Uh, Inoue against Casimero, Baturbiev versus Bivol. Beautiful, beautiful one to end. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely. love that. Um, definitely. And Rachel Two Live, she says, Fury, Joshua, Crawford, Spence, uh, Savannah Marshall, Clarissa Shields. Um, oh, I'd love to see that. And Katie Taylor yeah. against against uh, Chantel Cameron. That is a beautiful fight. And Golovkin against Jamal Charlo. Yes, I would take that. Uh, Peter McDonough as well, former uh, professional boxer. He sent in a a comedy list. He says he wants to see uh, Fury Chisora free. Anthony Joshua versus Dillian White too. And Dave Allen versus Tom Dallas too. Oh my gosh! Anyway, <laughs> moving on. The fight definitely trolling. Yeah, he's, he, he's he's funny, man. And and the yeah. fights I want to see. Just going to fly through these. There's not too many. I want to see Joshua Fury, Bivol Baturbiev. I want to see Caleb Plant against either Callum Smith or Billy Joe Saunders against one of those guys, yeah. or David Benavidez against one of those guys. I'll take any of them. Um, they can do whatever they like amongst the four of them there. Plant, Smith, Saunders, and Benavides. Uh, Andrade, I'd like to see Demetrius Andrade against Jamal Charlo. Uh, or 
or or um, any uh, they can do anything between the four of them again here. Demetrius Andre, Jamal Charlo, Triple G, and Eubank. Chris Eubank. I think he, um, Chris Eubank Jr. has a good chance against any of those guys with his style. Um, maybe not so much Jamal Charlo, but I, I like him against Andre. I like him against Triple G. I'd like to see Jarrett Hurd against Jamal Charlo. Wouldn't mind seeing that. Still, mm-hmm. some people perhaps don't mm-hmm. don't want to see it. Um, I'd like to see Spence against Crawford. Um, I'd like to see Pacquiao against either of them. I'd like to see Furman against either of them, to be honest. I want to see Taylor and Ramirez get it on for all the belts at 140. I want to see Lopez, Tiafimo Lopez, take on either Haney or Tank, or vice versa, Tank with, uh, you know, Haney against Tank, whatever. I want to see Shakur Stevenson against Jojo Diaz. Yes, I like that fight. That's actually interesting. Yeah, that's a good fight. I like that. And Miguel Bachel as well, throw him in there. Everyone wants to stay away from him at Super Feather. Um, I'd like to see Josh Warrington defend his belt uh, and his undefeated streak against Gary Russell Jr. I also want to throw Navarrete in there like Ricey did. I like Navarrete against Warrington. I like Navarrete against Gary Russell Jr. And also I want to see Luis Neary against Ray Vargas in an all-Mexican showdown with two undefeated world champions. And then finally, Naoya Inoue against Nordi Nubali at the lower weights. I'd love to see that. But anyway, hopefully we if we get half of them... All boxing fans around the world will be really pleased. But anyway, that's it for the end of the year podcast in terms of our talking. We do still have one guest to come, uh, the sole guest, which will be Alontez Fox. We'll get to that in just a just a moment or two. We've done the, 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 the awards for the year. There will be a tweet going out just to confirm my number one picks, my number two picks, number three picks, all the rest of that. So we've done the KO of the year and all that stuff. We did the review part. We did the preview part. They were very brief. We did the news. That was very brief as well. We've gone through the fights we want to see. We've gone through your pound-for-pound lists. Um, I want to thank you all again once, once again for um, sending everything in. It's been very... Uh, very entertaining, breaking it all down with Eddie. Eddie, though, I want to say thanks once again. We end the year here. This is the final podcast of 2020. And, you know, once again, couldn't have done it without you. And um, I don't know how many podcasts we're going to do in 2021. Um, that sounds, uh, that probably sounds, you're probably thinking, damn, I can't get away. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? No, I'm thinking like, what, you know, like I'm not. I'm not thinking. You're thinking I got to stop. I got to start sending some cash app through. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm having a good time, man. It's, to be honest, it's like, don't get me wrong. If I could do something like this and get paid for it, I would love that because this is too easy. But but the reality of it is, is I would also be enjoying it. So you always want to do things you love. You know what I'm saying. So that's why being a pundit was obviously something I always want. I wanted to try to do, but. I like this too. Just not making no money from it, Joe. Thank you very much. But it's all good. I ain't tripping. <laughs> Listen, if we get some sponsors on board, we will we will we would love that. You know, if we could get some sponsors, we are certainly open. Um if there's any vegan food, you can just send that. Send some vegan food. That that can be payment. Just send it straight to Eddie. Don't don't send it don't send it my way. It will go straight in the bin. But um, send it to Eddie. <laughs> he, he'll take the vegan food. If Miller's want to sponsor us, Eddie, imagine that. Ooh. 
Oh, you like that, huh? If Miller's wanna, <laughs> if Miller's wanna sponsor us, if Famous Dave's wants to wants to sponsor us, if if uh, Ishka Bibbles on South that. Street fancy throwing Ooh. us some royalties, how about how about the Sunoco, the, the the Sunoco gas station had a nice little spot in there too. They like that. Hey, just quickly, you remember that? I want to say this. I, I shouldn't even be saying this on the podcast, but do you remember exactly where that petrol station was? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I want to go back there one day. They they do the best <laughs> Philly cheesesteak, and it shouldn't, but it shouldn't. It's in a gas station. That was the best yeah. thing. Oh, I fantasize <laughs> about that every now and then, man. That was beautiful. <laughs> Well, easy to please, Joey. That's that's a good thing. So again, some good food, I, think, happy. I think it's clear to see that if anyone wants to sponsor us, we're open for anything. But if you've got food <laughs> for us, we're we're, we're double open. So um, yes. that is that's yes. the final message. Anyway, that's it for all the talking. The final thing to do is to welcome our sole guest on this podcast, the final podcast of what's been a crazy year, the final podcast of 2020. Here is our final guest, Mr. Alontes Fox. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the top super middleweight contender. It is, of course, Mr. Alontes Fox. Alontes, welcome back on the show, my man. Man, good to be back, man. Appreciate you, Joey. Always good to speak to you, my friend. It truly is. So, Tez, we last spoke in December of last year. It was a few weeks before the uh, the, the, the Liam Williams fight in London. Um, I'm sorry it's been such a long time, obviously. I did text you Happy Christmas last week, a few days before Christmas, having no idea yeah. that you actually had a fight scheduled for Boxing Day. That fight is yeah, over yeah. now. Uh, you picked up a win over Mark yeah. Anthony Hernandez over 10 rounds by decision. Tell us a bit about that, Alantes. Uh It was a really good, you know, a really good scrap, man. You know, I started off uh, doing a little banging, boxing probably like I shouldn't have been, you know, but I made some adjustments around round five, four or five. After I got, a, after I suffered a cut from my head, but and uh, we end up getting a unanimous decision. And also on that card, a lot of people kind of um, quite sad to see James Kirkland seem like he just doesn't have the punch resistance. Yeah. What did you make of that, man? I guess you were watching. Well, you probably weren't allowed to watch Ringside, or was you? Well, yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't able to watch it, man. I, I, I had to watch on TV. It looked really bad, honestly, man. You know. uh, I hear because I didn't. I didn't even get to see him like towards the weigh-in time. From what I hear, though, they said he had starved himself for a while, for a few days, and you know that probably uh, added to you know him him not being able to take any punches or anything. Oh dear. But anyway, um, getting back onto yourself, Tez, you had a fight back in August against Habib Ahmed, obviously former world title challenger. Um, the fight didn't mm-hmm. end the way you wanted it to, and no contest after three rounds. For those that don't know about that, tell us about that fight. There was you cut, right? Yeah. So, and, and the first round, um, I feel like I hurt him. I feel like I know I hurt him in the first round. You know, I ended up winning the first round pretty handily, right? In the second round, he came out a little bit more, uh, I say, a little more enthusiastic, right? But you know, he, he kind of came in wild, and he ended up headbutting me. On the side of my eye. Now they actually they actually didn't move the head, but they moved it by a punch, and it headbutted me right up under my eye, caused a cut. You know that one we 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 adjust that when I got back to the corner, got back out in the third round. You know I get back to what I was doing in the first round to start winning, and then I get another headbutt on this this time on the side of my head and my scalp, and so uh, now I have both both cuts were leaking, one cut from my head is leaking. 
into my eye, into my eye cut, and now my eye cut is big into my eye. The uh, the referee stops it. Has the doctor look at me? The doctor looked at it for about thirty seconds until he would stop the fight. They ended up stopping on no contest, man. Of course, I was irate to say the least, but you know it is it is boxing. But I mean, I felt like uh, they definitely he should have seen the first head, but as well. But I mean, you know, I guess that's what you got to do. Also, I mean, think looking back at it, that's also my fault. I, w- I was fighting improperly, to be honest with you. I should have been fighting uh, longer and uh, using my distance way better. I would have never caught a head, but otherwise. And obviously, you know, that was a tough kind of comeback fight because Habib Ahmed, or for this, for the purpose of the head, but I'm going to call him Habib Akhead, um <laughs> he uh, uh he you know he he's kind of still a bit of an unknown quantity i remember when he came over and boxed ramirez and um mm-hmm. people just weren't kind of sure what to make of him and even still i don't think people are too sure obviously he got stopped by a fundora which was a brilliant win uh, a few weeks back but yeah. but it was a tough comeback fight and obviously since that williams loss you've moved up now to super middleweight now i remember you know the yeah. first time we ever spoke, I was fascinated by how tall you were, and you know, obviously being at being at a weight where majority of guys are way smaller than you, you've got such an advantage with the height mm-hmm. and reach. Moving up to super middleweight, I mean, obviously it's com- it's more comfortable for you to make the weight, but do your advantages go out the window slightly? Not slight. I mean, not really. Uh, it's still honestly, I'm, I'm six five. I guess you see guys that are six feet. I mean, I, I still, my, my, my height would carry over to heavyweight. You know, 6'5 is like a heavyweight height. So 6'5, it, it, it doesn't really, um, it's, it's not really, uh, it doesn't really uh, dampen my advantages at all, for real, because I'm still, I'm still one of the taller guys that's super middleweight as well. And obviously, I touched on it there. It's been a whole year since that fight with, with Williams. How do you reflect back on that? Obviously, it's not a happy memory, but going back now, how do you kind of assess that? Because the UK, you know, they heard great things. A lot of people don't stay up till 5 a.m. To, to, to watch many fights. But a lot of your fights, a lot of guys over here perhaps hadn't seen the boxing fans. You came over, and I've been saying to everyone that will listen to me, that is not what Alontes Fox is about. That I don't know what happened that night, credit to Williams, whatever, but that you're way better than that, you know? Um, how do you reflect back on yeah, that? Absolutely. It's frustrating because it wasn't you. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the biggest the biggest thing in there was my lack of hydration. Man, I went back in there a little smaller than I need. Not a little, a lot smaller than I normally would go back in there, but that's because we weren't awarded some of the same things we, we would be, or we would have been had we been over here. You know, like, I, I didn't know that in the UK I wasn't able to get Pedialyte or Gatorade or body armors, things like that. Things that were things that were essential to my uh, rehydration that I should have uh, prepared and brought with me, you know, in a bag. But uh, you know, me, us thinking, we, you know, we were, we were kind of, you know, ignorant to what the UK might may or may not have. So we just we just kind of went over that thing, and they would have everything we had. You know, it's it's no it's no reason to it's no reason to panic and bring everything over there. But you know, looking back and reflecting upon that. That was a big mistake, you know. I should have, uh, I definitely should have brought that over there. And um, when I look at the, when even in the fight, you know, I could feel in the fight that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't all the way there. I was just real flat. I felt really, really drained, 
you know, and uh, uh, Lillian Williams is a, is a busy guy. He's going to come in there. He's going he's going to take advantage of that with his with his work rate, and that's basically what happened. He kind of overwhelmed me. I mean, I heard him in the in the second round. I heard him on the right hand. In the third round, I know he hurt, he hurt me with the uh, with the elbow to the face. I never really recovered from. So then, you know, by the fourth round, you know, I pretty much was out of it. So you know, looking back at that, like I said, it wasn't. It wasn't anything I could. Uh, I I, there's a lot of things I could have done better, but I think uh, it's, it would have started with my rehydration. And I want to ask you as well, outside of the ring, what did you kind of make of the way you were you were received over here? What was the media like? What was the fans like? I I don't know how much time you had to kind of spend with them, but I remember being at the the open workout that they did at that that um, shopping center, or as how you'd say it, shopping mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know there were a lot of fans mm-hmm. standing with you. I remember um, you speaking to a guy, a few guys coming up speaking to you. What did you make of the reception? You know, it was actually pretty awesome over in the UK because they didn't, they weren't, they weren't unfriendly. You know, it's it's like they they were really a fan of the sport, even though they were there for their guy. They they were there, they they were there as fans of the sport, not as not as just like casuals. You know, I I, I could feel, although it wasn't all love, it was all fanaticism for the you know for the for the fight, for the sport itself. You know, what I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just a. Oh man, my our guys gonna even whoop you guys' ass, man. You know, it was, it was like, man, I can't wait to see the fight. And I mean, I actually liked that a lot. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind fighting back in the UK. I just know better uh, when it comes to rehydration and how I have to bring things. I have to get used to the, the time change and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I for one would love to see you come back. But um, I want to ask you this as well. You've been in with. With, with Williams, um, a lot of Americans that I speak to, I was out there in, in January, so um, what's that, four weeks after your fight, maybe even less, and um, yeah. and I was speaking to some Americans out there, and they're giving Williams no chance against someone like Andrade. Um, how do you see that one playing out, man? You've been in with both guys, you're the best person to ask. So the thing is, uh, I, it, definitely, it definitely depends on where the fight's going to be. If the fight's going to be here, I don't think I, I can see William being outboxed. That's the big thing. He's gonna he's gonna be outboxed by uh, by Andre mostly, you know, because um, you know, I, that's 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 pretty much how you have to fight uh, uh Williams. I don't know that Demetrius Andre can hurt Williams or not, you know, but I I do believe Liam Williams is strong. You know, he's he's strong. He's 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 a scrappy guy, and he he, he may be able to hurt Demetrius Andre, but he also has to catch. Him. I don't know his boxing skill. His boxing skill isn't better than Demetrius Andre's to me, you know. But I think, uh, you know, I'm 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 going with uh, Demetrius Andre if that fight does end up happening. But uh, you know, it, it should be a it should be a classic boxer versus brawler type fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd love to see it happen, man. I hope it does happen at some point in 2021. Yeah. I want to ask you this as well. I want to ask you this. Um, how is your brother Mike, um, and and what's next for him? When are we going to hear when he's next out? Man, so um, Mike actually had an opportunity to fight December nineteenth. He wasn't able to fight because he fractured his hand. Man. You know, he fractured his left hand, so he he couldn't he, he couldn't even make make good with the opportunity out there, man. You know, one day he he was far. Uh, I think he had the dude on top of the head. And we came back to the gym that night and he looked and it was a little it was at that time it was only a little bit swollen. So I was like, Okay, you know, you, you should be okay, man. We just put some ice on and everything. So he iced it that night. I watched him ice it that night and everything. 
The next morning, it looked like he got stung by a bee or something, man. Habs, super swollen. Damn. So, no, uh, it's a bit too soon to, to kind of know when he's back. Um, Yeah, it's definitely a bit too soon for that because uh, we got to see how his hand heals up all the way. I mean, it's... It, they said the fracture was was really minor, so you know what I mean. So, I mean, he could be back sooner or later. But you know, I, I'm not. I, I, I for something like that, you don't rush it. You don't rush it at all because you never know what more damage could happen or may happen. He seems like he's pretty good, and really, he's still in the gym. Like he's in the gym tonight. He's in the gym right now. He's working his right hand uh, faithfully. So it's, he's not gonna miss too much of a beat. He's just gonna try to get back get back to. Uh, Pumping his left hand, touching with his left hand, getting his rhythm with his left hand. That's all. Okay, that's good to hear, man. And just finally, my fa- my final real question for you, Tez. Um, I've been asking everyone this in the month of December. This is the final podcast I'm doing in the month of December. Obviously, it's the, it's the last one of the year. Nice. You're my last guest of the year. You're the you're, you're on the last show of the year. Um, I want to ask you this. I've been asking it to everyone. What song your even though Christmas has gone, I've been saying what's on your Christmas wish list uh-huh. in terms of your career for the for the next year in a realistic world. Where can you be? Where do you want to be this time next year, my friend? In a realistic world, honestly, next year I'll be turning twenty nine. That's one year away from thirty. I would like, I would love, not like I would love to get a world championship opportunity. I mean. But the way COVID goes down, you could always be a replacement, a last-minute replacement. So I'm always training. You know, I stay in the gym, you know, because we train for opportunities and not events. You know, so that's a big thing. And if, you know, if if, if it just so happens that I'm a replacement versus the main guy, I, I don't mind doing that. I, and I, I'm hope, hopefully I can take advantage of any uh, – not hopefully, I will take advantage of any opportunity given. You know, so – in a realistic, I mean, uh, in a perfect world, next year I'll be fighting the world championship fight, and that's 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 the only thing I'm really that's the only thing I'm really looking for. I really don't even want to be like you know I I fought my way all the way up in the WO to number one in the WO, and then you know I had a loss to Liam Williams. Now I mean, let's just get back there. I, I've tasted, I've tasted, um, I've tasted defeat. I've tasted. You know, victory. I've tasted being the top of the mountain. I want to get back to the top of the mountain at 168 now. Yeah, absolutely. And I am excited for this for this uh, quest of yours at the weight above at 168. Absolutely. And just uh, finally, before we let you go, Tez, if you've got any closing words to your, uh, you know, to your supporters from over here or anywhere else in the world, any closing messages before we let you go? Uh, the biggest thing is, man, everybody just keep watching. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, at Fox, S-L-Y-A-Z-A-F-O-X, man. I don't I don't plan on this this train we got going, uh, going, off, going off the rails at all, man. I just plan on, uh, I plan on winning and continuing to win, and, you know, until we until we get to the World Championship. So just keep watching out for me. Keep looking out for, uh, keep, your, keep me in your prayers. And, you know, stay safe out there. Stay, you know, stay healthy. Well said, my man. Listen, Alantes, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, my man. Congrats on the win the other week. Uh, thanks for your time, and I wish you the best of luck in your career in 2021. It's a fantastic Absolutely, way. Yeah, man. It's a fantastic yeah. way to end it, speaking with someone like you, my friend. Absolutely. I appreciate that, man. I always love being on Boss Hour Podcast, man. It's amazing. 
Okay, and this wraps up episode 272 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. A massive thank you to our sole guest on this week's podcast and one of my close friends in boxing, Mr. Alantes Fox. The biggest thanks of all, though, goes out to you, the listeners. Thank you once again for all of you that sent in those helpful nominations for the pound-for-pound lists and, uh, you know, the, the picks of the year and all the fights that you want to see get made in 2020. Thank you all for that. That's about everything from myself, though. Thanks for sticking with us throughout this crazy year of 2020. I hope that these podcasts have helped you all pass the time on days where you've needed something to help you get through it. It's been an honor doing all of this for you all. I wish you all a fabulous 2021 and a happy new year. If you want to do something kind for us, we'd love it if you could uh, put some time aside and leave us a review on iTunes. Um, Five star would be fantastic. We'd love that. Anyway, remember to tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast take good care people and we'll see you all again next week